Welcome to the Mayo Clinic Orthopedic Surgery Podcast, a curated series of interviews and discussions highlighting the three shields of orthopedic surgery at Mayo Clinic, clinical practice, research, and education. Thanks for joining us here today, Chris. Thanks, Casey. Appreciate you having me. So we're going to, talking about a newer technique here, the superior capsular reconstruction. So for those who are not aware, what is an SCR and what patients is this procedure indicated for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so superior capsular reconstruction is a procedure that's really gained a lot of popularity in the last probably five to seven years or so. And what it is is basically reconstructing the capsule above the glenoid in the humeral head. So we know that patients who develop uh, significant rotator cuff tears, particularly supraspinatus tears, they lose that covering over the top of the humeral head and the humeral head can migrate up and out of the glenoid or out of the socket. And so the superior capsule reconstruction, something that's designed to try to help push that back down and, and put it back where, where it needs, needs to be to kind of restore some normal uh, biomechanics. In terms of which patients are, is it indicated for, there's a lot of controversy on this. Because it's a newer technique, the indications continue to evolve, and we're refining them as we get more and more information and data on them. But currently, the ideal candidate is somebody who's young, active, doesn't have any, any or very little arthritis, but has an irreparable rotator cuff tear, particularly of the supraspinatus. So that's one that can't be repaired by normal methods. Ideally, if somebody has a rotator cuff tear, the goal is to repair their own tendon and their own, their own muscle and tissue. But sometimes it can be really uh, retracted or atrophic uh, or just very poor quality, and it's not amenable to repair. So those are the patients that may be a candidate for the supercapsular reconstruction. For me specifically in my practice, I only consider it for a patient who has an irreparable supraspinatus, but an intact or repairable subscapularis in the front and infraspinatus in the back. So I need to be able to repair either, either ideally I like for them to be intact, but if not, if I can repair the subscap infraspinatus, but the supraspinatus is irreparable, that, that patient is the ideal candidate for an SCR in my practice. Okay. It's a great explanation of what it is and who is it indicated for them, but how does this procedure work? How does it kind of mimic that rotator cuff and allow patients to lift their arm up above their head after the procedure. Yeah. So usually for for this, there's a couple of different options for the material that you use. And the most common that's used here in the U S is a dermal allograft. So this is tissue taken from a donor comes, comes in a small little sheet. That's usually about five millimeters thick, maybe a little bit less. You trim it down to size and then you attach it to the glenoid and the humeral head. In other places, they've used fascia lata. So they take the patient's fascia lata from their hip, fold it over, and then they use that. So it, it is a little bit strange, you know, that you, you have, you put this tissue in that doesn't contract or do anything, yet it allows the patient to lift their arm. So that, that's always a question. Why does that happen? Well, to answer that, we got to back up a little bit. We know that some patients can have full thickness tears of their supraspinatus, and they're still able to lift their arm up. And some of them can lift their arm all the way and they have no pain and no problems. And I think the reason for that is the the primary function of the rotator cuff is to keep the humeral head centered in the glenoid. Some patients, if they lose their supraspinatus, can still keep the humeral head centered in the glenoid 
because they have the subscapularis and infraspinatus still intact and well-functioning. So they have that front and back force couple, and that keeps the, the humeral head centered, and then they can still lift the arm, and the deltoid does the heavy lifting, while the infra and the uh, subscapularis stabilize the shoulder. So for the SCR patient, when you're doing, when you're looking for the ideal candidate, that's usually somebody who's had some superior migration of the humeral head. And that means that the, the subscap and the infraspinatus are not able to hold the, the ball and the socket on their own. So you, you put the graft in on top and that will help lower the humeral head back down into the socket and allow that patient to reestablish those front back force couples with the infra and the subscap. So we think that that's really how that works. Is it's a humeral head depressor, keeps it in the joint and helps, helps support the, the force couples. And then the deltoid does the lifting of the arm. Great, great. That's a really great explanation. So if you have a middle-aged patient, let's say you have a 50-year-old with a full thickness rotator cuff and atrophy, what are your surgical options for that patient? Mm -hmm. So if we, if we made the decision for surgery on that, if it's repairable, Goal number one is repair it. We always want to do it. If there's any chance we can fix it, we want to fix it using their own tissue that is contractile and that works and actually has a chance of lifting the arm. So that's always priority number one. And to do, there's a lot of things we can do. So even if it is retracted and scarred in, we spend a lot of time trying to release it and free it up and mobilize it. And we, we work pretty hard before we give up and deem it irreparable. If it's not repairable, then there are a few options. SCR is one of them. Another option is a tendon transfer where we take a tendon from somewhere in the back and put it on top of the humeral head to try to push it down and give you the ability to, to lift it up. Another one that some people are using, I, I have not used, but is a, a little balloon spacer that actually goes in above the humeral head. It gets inflated and pushes the humeral head down temporarily, and then that resorbs over time. Uh, so that may be an option, but we're still, the, the data is sort of mixed on that and early. And then the last option would be a shoulder replacement. And that's probably best suited for the patient that has the irreparable cuff tear and arthritis. So then they would get a reverse shoulder arthroplasty. So those are really sort of the big, the four big categories, either fix it, SCR, tendon transfer, balloon, or reverse shoulder arthroplasty. But those four are the, are the options for the irreparable cuff tear. Those are great options. Is there anything patients should be aware of prior to undergoing SCR surgery? Mm -hmm. I think that overall, the picture looks similar to a regular rotator cuff repair. However, the timeline for recovery is probably a little longer. For most substantial rotator cuff repairs, patients are looking at probably about a six-month recovery. For a superior capsule reconstruction, I tend to tell them six to nine months, just because we need a little extra time for that graft to heal. So we're going to go slow early on, but I think that's, that's the, the, best, the best way to look at it. The other thing is I, I try to tell all my rotator cuff patients is don't compare your rotator cuff tear to your neighbors. And, and this is really bad. Everybody knows somebody who's had a rotator cuff tear and has needed surgery. But like I told my fellows in the OR today, rotator cuff tears are like snowflakes. They're, they're all different, but everyone is beautiful in their own way. So yeah. Every one of them is different. They all get treated differently. They all rehab differently. So they got to be really careful not, not to compare themselves to somebody else because that, that's really not fair. Yeah. That's a, that's a really great advice. So who is not a candidate for the SCR procedure? Mm -hmm. So in my hands, if they, if the subscapularis or the infraspinatus are not repairable, then, then they would not be a candidate or if they have advanced arthritis. So we'll go through those patients real quick. So let's say you've got somebody who doesn't have any arthritis, 
but has a massive subscap tear and infra tear that can't be fixed. Well, some people are doing uh, supercaps for reconstruction in those situations, but that's the patient in, in my mind that probably would do would be better off with a tendon transfer because that may allow you to, to compensate for either the subscap or the infra plus the supra. And that's a little bit more of a dynamic surgery. Um, so that patient for me, tendon transfer. The other one is the one that has a lot of arthritis. So if they've got arthritis, even if we do a super capsule reconstruction and we, and we fix that and we take care of it, at the end of the day, it's still a shoulder that has arthritis in it. And so that patient can still have pain from the arthritis. So for those, those folks are not a candidate for the SCR and they're better suited for a reverse shoulder arthroplasty. Okay. And then we talked a little bit about grafts. You talked about the dermoallograft versus the fasciolata. What is your graft of choice? And are certain grafts better than others? Is this like the knee with autograft? Does that work better than allograft? Can you talk about that a little bit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, the dermal allograft is the go-to. And, and I think that that tends to be a nice graft for us. It's, it's readily available. It's easy for us to access in the, in the U.S. Um, and also it, it avoids another surgical site. So you, you don't have to have a incision over your hip or your, or your thigh. Um, and, and so that seems to work well. The data on that has been very promising and encouraging. In, in other parts of the world, they may not have access uh, to those grafts. So those tend to more commonly use fasciolata. One of the benefits of the fasciolata, though, is that you can customize the thickness. So you can take a larger piece, you can fold it over a few times and make it as big or as thick as you want. Um, I've not found a need to do that in my practice. Um, so I'm sticking with the dermal allograft for now. Okay, nice, nice. And then what is your preferred technique? There's a lot of different ways to do the surgery. We'll get a little bit of technique. Can you give us a brief kind of overview of what your technique is for SCR? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So first thing I'd, I would like to say too, when we talk about technique is some people think of this as just a superior capsule reconstruction. So they're just going to put a graft in. And, and I think that's a common misconception. For me, when I, when I describe the surgery to the patient, when I dictate it in my op note, or when I list the case for surgery, I list it as rotator cuff repair with superior capsule reconstruction. So priority number one for me when I get in there is I'm fixing everything that I can fix. As I already mentioned, subscapularis, infraspinatus. If a portion of the supraspinatus can be fixed, I'm fixing that too. So I'm using their, their own tissue and I'm fixing as much as, as possible. So that, that's big priority number one. Next, then I, then I make the decision whether or not I need to add the SCR to augment. And if I do, if I make that decision, I start on the glenoid side. So I go in, remove a portion of the superior labrum. I try to leave some of it intact. And then I'll take a shaver or a burr and gently decorticate about a centimeter of the superior aspect of the glenoid from medial to lateral. And that gives us a nice, good healing surface for that graft to heal, to heal to. And then I typically put two or three anchors in the, in the superior aspect of the glenoid. Most commonly two, occasionally I'll need three if it's, if it's really large. And I like to tie knots on that side. So I use an all suture or a soft anchor that allows me to tie knots. So I'll put those in first, I'll pull them out, accessory portal so they're not in the way. And then I go over to the humeral head, decorticate the humeral head, prepare it just like we normally would for any rotator cuff. And I place my medial row anchors in, in, the, uh, in the humeral head. And then once I have my glenoid anchors and my medial row anchors, I'll go and I'll measure the dimensions uh, between the anchors. I take those dimensions over to the back table, I cut the graft to size, I pre-punch the holes for the medial row anchors, but not the ones uh, for the glenoid. 
And then I, I use a big cannula. I retrieve all the sutures out through the cannula. And we, we've got a bunch of clamps going. It will really work hard for suture management because you can run into a lot of trouble if you, if you get those tangled up. So several people are kind of holding sutures in place and keeping tension in the system. I'll pass those medial row anchors, our sutures, through the graft. Pass the, or, and then I also will then pass the glenoid uh, sutures through the graft. Shuttle it, shuttle it in using a reverse grasper while holding tension on the sutures. And then I'll push, push the graft in, make sure it lays down really well. And then when I'm tying my glenoid sutures, I like to use a cannula and cannula technique. So I already have that big cannula in there. I'll grab just the two sutures I want to want to tie, and I put them in a smaller cannula that fits inside the larger cannula. And that way it separates the two that I'm tying from all the ones around it. I'll tie those knots, repeat it for my other glenoid anchors, cut them, and then I'm done. And then I fix it just like a, uh, a rotator cuff on the, on the outside with the medial lateral rope. Nice, nice. And so we know that this is a newer technique over the last, like you said, six or seven years, and we always want to have research and verify our results. What does the current literature say about this SCR procedure? Does it work? So far, we have a handful of biomechanical studies that show that it is strong. It can uh, keep the humeral head down, uh, which is good. That's, that's the whole premise with which it works. So that seems to check out. Now we are starting to get clinical studies. So we actually have two-year uh, clinical results and five-year clinical results that, results that show pretty significant increases in range of motion and decreases in pain. And surprisingly, it actually can even, um, in some patients, reverse pseudoparalysis. So I've had patients in my practice and, and been published in the literature that patients that have you know, less than 45 degrees of forward elevation can actually have that reversed with an SCR as long as they follow, have a good technically executed procedure and good physical therapy afterwards. Great, great. That's important to know because we want to follow those patients long-term to make sure this procedure works. Mm -hmm. So let's say it doesn't work. You do mm -hmm. the SCR and it's not successful. What are the mm -hmm. options for that patient after that? I have no idea. I've never had one not work. I don't know. If you're <laughs> always <laughs> works all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's you always have to think about when you're when you're planning out your surgery. You know what's what's next step if this if this doesn't go well. The way I approach this and I think about and describe this to patients is I think about things on a ladder for the irreparable cuff tear. The bottom rung of that ladder is the superior capsule reconstruction. Next step up, tendon transfer. Next step up, reverse shoulder arthroplasty. So I think if they fail on that bottom rung, if, if they were to do a superior capsule reconstruction and it fails, a tendon transfer may be an option. And I have had one patient that, that had to do that and then had good success with a tendon transfer afterwards. If that doesn't work, or if it's somebody who has developed arthritis, then reverse shoulder arthroplasty, I think is, is the best option. So out of the, out of the ones that I have done so far, I have had two patients uh, that failed. One ended up getting a tendon transfer and did very well with it. The other had developed some arthritis and ended up getting a reverse shoulder replacement and did well with that. So I think those are sort of the go-to um, treatments if the supercapture reconstruction is unsuccessful. Those are really great options, Chris. I'm, I've been taking down notes, so I'm going to try to summarize all your great thoughts here. So we talked about the SCR. You defined it. You said that we're reconstructing the capsule above the glenoid and the humeral head. And it really works by keeping that humeral head centered in the glenoid. We talked about different graphs. You talked about the dermal allograph versus the fascia lata. In the U.S., we more often use the dermal allograph because it's easier to access. And you avoid a second surgical site. You said it's important to discuss with your patients that it's going to be a little bit longer. This is not the regular rotator cuff where you get back in six months. That timetable is going to be stretched more like six to nine months. 
you discussed that people that are not a candidate are patients that have arthritis or non-repairable infraspinatus or subscap tears. You talked about your technique. You said you, you fix any tendon that you can first, supra, infra, subscap, and you go in, you clean off the glenoid and humeral head, two to three anchors on the glenoid, knotted anchors on the glenoid, and you come over to the humeral head and you do medial and lateral anchors. We touched a little bit about the research. We've shown from the mechanical studies that you can keep that humeral head down. And now we're seeing the clinical data that shows improved range of motion, decreased pain, and even some reversal of that pseudoparalysis in patients. And then finally, if this does fail, not saying that most of them do, but some of them do fail, we have other options. So we have tendon transfers and reverse total shoulder arthroplasties. Any other thoughts about the SCR procedure or things surgeons who know that want to get involved in this procedure? Mm -hmm. Yeah, th I think that was a fantastic summary, Casey. I think, I think you nailed it. Um, my thoughts, so on the future of SCR is really going to be continuing to define the indications. That's always the case for new technology and new procedures. So we really need to know. Right now, there's a little bit of a blurry line about, you know, who, who is definitely a good candidate, who is not. What about, what about the infraspinatus and subscap that I mentioned? So I think more work is going to be done to really help clearly delineate when the tear is too big uh, to qualify for an SCR. So that, that's the big one. And my advice for anybody else who is considering this, I think sometimes, as I mentioned earlier, there, uh, folks make the mistake of thinking, well, I can do a rotator cuff. This is no different. Well, it, it sort of is. And, and I think this is something that you need to practice. You got to get into the lab and do a few times, go watch somebody do it, watch videos, hear people who do a lot of them, um, get their thoughts, pick their brains, see what they do. And also think about what are you going to do when you get into trouble? What are you going to do if you're, if an anchor pulls out or you, your knots get you know tangled up or your sutures get tangled up? What, what are you going to do? And then lastly, I always say, is don't make that mistake of thinking, oh, I'm just going to put a graft in there and that'll be it. I'm, I'm just going to do the SCR and nothing else. I think you really have to work hard to repair everything, front, back, and super if you can, then do the SCR. And I forgot to mention earlier, critical too to do that margin convergence at the end of the case. So after you put that graft in, you want to margin converge it with the infra in the back and the subscap in the front to bring it up. So that way your rotator cuff tendons support your graft and your graft supports your rotator cuff. So then they all sort of work together for the same goal. I think those are the, the critical points. Really great thoughts, Chris. And thanks for sharing your time with us to here today. You got it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being on with you, Casey. All right.